welcome to the asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right, boy. It's getting close now, Rick. Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Still a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports con- con- podcasts for our English-speaking friends over at FullTimeFantasy.com and at FullTimeFantasy on Twitter. And as always, you can follow the Asylum, AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter. And it's about time to get those questions in, everybody. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. As we're wrapping up draft season, Rick, it's still going on. Head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com to participate in a free Best Ball World Championship, $35 starter leagues, $299 online championships. Head on out this weekend, Rick, over to Las Vegas, the 8th Annual World Championship in Vegas. Take what you learn here on this network, turn it into some real money. Well, Rick, this it's is still standing. This is the week and the last weekend coming up for all the fantasy drafts. We are Fligger and Brig. This is the Asylum Sports Show right here on the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And you're right, Rick. The studio's still here. Barely, but it's still standing. Still standing. The caveman draft here. Last Friday night. Rick got all drunk and acted the fool. I was the calm, responsible yeah. one. Yeah, in, in real in in real life, I was the only sane one out of the entire twelve. Which is odd, you being the resident alcoholic <laughs> on the show. I just, I guess, when you drink to excess every day, <laughs> any other occasion isn't a reason to drink anymore. Is that the theory behind this? I'm curious about that. I think, quite frankly, you're. Uh hurting my feelings on purpose <laughs> well yes yes it's kind of the dynamic of the show it's yeah, what we do right but no it was it was a good time and um some pretty good teams out there some a few surprises even for our crazy league yeah you know quite frankly but uh, no it was a good time oh i tell you what there's nothing like a live draft yeah, it, you, you eat like kings you drink like fish and you act like a maniac and nobody cares. Look, I get the convenience of the online draft and everybody's schedule. I get the ability to then, <clears throat> excuse me, participate in 72 leagues, mainly so you can tell everyone you're participating in 72 leagues. But as people like to say on Twitter, if you're not having at least one live draft with friends, if you don't have at least 11, I shouldn't say friends, acquaintances, <laughs> drug addicts, and criminals with whom you are acquainted, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you got to – that's the highlight of the year for me. Look, no we doubt. do this, I don't want to say for a living per se because, you know, we don't make much money at it, but – you know, they, they can actually suck some of the fun out of it. So that one time a year, I actually have two live drafts. I have another one tomorrow night. Getting together, having some drinks. Get a guy who has a smoker and brings over, it looks like Fred Flintstone oh. bringing in a side of Brontos- Brontosaurus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Brontosaurus ribs and pterodactyl wings. Drink, and- <laughs> drink 35 beers. Go out in the patio outside the studio and smoke yourself into oblivion as half of these addicts. This is what you you got to do it. Do one. Get over yourself for one night. Get 11 convicts together and have a draft. It's a dying thing, Rick. It really is, as society is. moves more and more to you only exist online. This, I hope this never ends. I mean, it's going to end when you croak and I'm too lazy to take the league over and irresponsible, but... Keep it going. It's so much fun. It really was. And I hate admitting it, and those guys are going to hear it, and they're going to feel good about themselves. But 
they didn't tear apart the studio. We ate like kings. I drank myself into a ditch. <laughs> it was a good oh, day. It, it was fun watching you partially navigate or function. I don't even know how to present It was just hysterical. I held it together. Watching your motor functions just deteriorate. But somehow I stayed, when it was time, stayed laser focused on the picks. It wasn't like two years ago well, where I drafted a two and – 11 team because well, do you, do you I was, realize that that was we just talked about this before the show my son's a junior in college right he was i think a junior in high school that year oh, that's so how it many, was, that's it how was many long, years ago it was it was longer ago than it's that. it's a while oh, wow time mm. flying well that's good so i only do it every three or four years instead of every <laughs> other year so that's uh that, that's uh that's a bonus we'll see yeah because it was his senior year because that's why See, yeah, it, yeah, it was a senior year. It You're was right. your yep. fault, you know, because we ended up starting three hours late. Everybody else still showed up at normal time. You were going, it was your son's first game of his senior year. And so we said, well, absolutely, go to the game. We'll wait for you. Well, that was three hours for Rick Flieger to get himself in a little bit of trouble before yeah. the draft even began. So maybe that's why I held it together because I got 12 or 13 picks in before I had trouble standing on my own. So that, that was good anyhow. Oh yeah, it was it was fun. I tell you what. So that's over with. Now the season we're waiting yeah. for it to start. Yeah, the but fun's over. Why don't we just? Why don't you, you're the commissioner? Just dump them. Let's get together this weekend and just do that again and do <laughs> yeah. that every weekend for. That's oh, an weekly idea. drafts. That would be great. Just put the pot divided up and by sixteen. Just every week we'll redraft here in the studio. No, no, no way the su- studio survived past Halloween. No. I can't. When, or your marriage. Well, <laughs> that's been on thin ice for years. It yeah, it but, over the edge. Yeah, but wrong. see, I, I still know you and your daughter just getting into that high school age. Oh, You're, you know, don't remind me. Yeah, my daughter's in high school, Rick. I'm not that old. I mean, she's in junior high, but in this hick town we live in, the junior high kids go to the high school. Very disturbing. Well, what I can't wait for, though, and I keep telling her this, is eight years from now when she turns back into a human, I really do look forward to that. Yeah. Because this thing, this creature that is crawling around <laughs> my house right now, I don't uh, I don't understand. I don't know. How, it's like handling a bomb. I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I, it's crazy. I went through it three times, pal. It's, it's no fun. Nah, I can't. And, you know, fortunately now mine are... Older, whoa, whoa, my thing's falling down. Studio's here. coming apart, so maybe there was some damage. Yeah, exactly. All, All right, right, let's, let's get, get moving. Yeah, here. let's do some football. We got to start out, Rick. Andrew Luck retires. This is a, this is a spicy meatball here. <laughs> Everything that went around it, the the shock, the absolute shock. I'm watching the Miami Florida game Saturday night. You know, recovering from my hangover and. <laughs> That news comes across, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm still ripped. <laughs> I thought that said Andrew Luck retired. Yeah, boy, am I stupid. And, and all the fallout, and just so I, I don't even know where to start with this one, Ray. I don't care what it means fantasy football wise. Frankly, you, know, you wouldn't know it by the caveman draft when I took him as my QB1, but in the 13th or 14th round, whatever it was, kind of a lottery ticket. I didn't know how much, if anything, I or anyone else expected for him this season. In recent weeks, you know, guys in the Scott Fishbowl who were taking him as the second QB overall back in, when's that, first part of July. You know, that that's a big hit to them. If you drafted in the last week or two, I have to think you've gotten a backup piece or you got enough value. 
but what it means to the Colts, the the fans booing, the reaction to it. Oh. I, I don't even know how to unpack all this, Rick. I don't know what to do with it. Um, I'll be honest with you. The okay, let's face it. This is a 29 year old man who's got more than enough money he'll ever need. He decided he didn't want to, to do this anymore, and he can retire, at least from that no, occupation, absolutely. right? If I had that amount of money, I'd be retired at 29. So would oh. you, and, and so would 95% of everybody else. The o- Here's the only problem that I did have a little bit with, but other anatomy, I, I don't care. More power to him. Was the timing? Yeah, I, it's you know it, it's something to say. Okay, you know I'm going to give it a go, coach. But if I can't, we're done. But there was no indication of that. It was just basically him getting ready for the season. Right. Then this thing was aggravated, and all of a sudden he's getting better. He's getting better. Boom, he's done. And a lot of the players didn't even know. Right. Well, he had planned. I don't think Schefter was supposed to reveal well, right. this. Exactly. He had said he planned it the next afternoon or that after. I right. can't remember the timing of all of it. But that's the only problem I have with it. You know, Like I said, more power to him. I don't blame him a bit. But I think the timing was a little bad. I mean, you're a week, well, two weeks away basically from the season. Right. I mean, you're getting ready for an NFL season, and a lot of people – had this team as a, as a strong challenger for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, certainly for the division, certainly a, a playoff contender. Yeah, that's where I struggle with this thing because that was sort of my first thought and my first reaction. So that's kind of where I fall on the booing thing because, first of all, let's put the fans booing in perspective. These were people still hanging around at a preseason game at halftime. So this is either the most stupid of fan or the drunkest of fan. So I don't think that's a representative sample. Well, it was a third when it so more people were playing. Yeah. Or so be it. But again, I don't <laughs> think this to put is a, a positive yeah. spin on here. Yeah. So I don't think it's a representative sample. I understand, you know, anybody who says and I've heard, you know, other former pro athletes say it. A lot of fans say it. A lot of media say it. I understand the notion of what you brought up. Look, it, awful timing. It, it really is. So that was kind of my initial reaction. Where, like, first of all, if you can retire, by God, do it. That that's great. And I, I'm going to get back into that. But the timing of it, I could see people being angry. I could see fans being disappointed. I could see, although they haven't reacted that way, I could see the team being angry, teammates being angry. So put that. But then, boy, I was really compelled and really taken by what he said in his press conference where getting in this cycle of play, injury, rehab, play, injury, rehab, and I just don't want to do it anymore. Right. And and what it did to his mental state. And then that thing with Gronk, Yesterday, if you saw that, no, I saw, and, yeah. and that big dolt Gronk actually breaking down into tears and looking like a human, tells you what I don't think we realize. We put the we get the timelines right. So so and so has this injury; he's out for this amount of time. I don't think we think about what goes on in that specified oh, exactly. uh, amount of time. And let's face it, you're sitting across from me. 
looking at me. You are the only person to, that looks through those eyes in your head. Same right. with me. I, nobody knows what's in this guy's mind. No, nobody. You, this is the second thought that hit me too. Was I wonder if there is something the matter with him? You, you, you they do talked wonder. about it because you remember Ursay made a slip bone disease, right? You know, in. We don't know. I'm not in this man's shoes. I'm certainly not going to sit here and judge anybody that has $100 million in the bank, and he's 29, and he can walk away and say, well, uh, like Gottlieb, that's the most millennial thing. Yeah. yeah. Look, I hate millennials and, and more than anybody. this guy has a job. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, I hate millennials more than anybody, but, but that one, yeah, look, I mean, and that's the – now, you think about who Andrew Luck is, right? He's not your right. typical N- NFL player. He comes from privilege, by all accounts, is actually brilliant, brilliantly smart, some type of brilliant architecture student or something, and he has $100 million in the bank. So, look, the minute I can squeeze together $7.68 <laughs> over what I need to retire – not only do I require from my nine to five, Rick, I retire from this. And at that point, when I get that $7.58, the only decision I have to make is if I gift all this crap in this studio to you, or I take a sledgehammer to it, shove you out the door and tell you to lose my number on your way home. Right. Those are the only decisions I have to make exactly. when I'm able to retire. However, I won't lose your number. I'll make you change it because well. I'll just mercilessly irritate you. <laughs> Because that's fun. Yeah, and and, and that's fine, so be it. So that's where, you know, he's just a different kind of guy. The timing I get, and he did. He, he, if, if there's not more to it other than I just don't want to rehab again, that's a blow to the team. Although it kind of tells me he wasn't going to be ready to play anytime soon. Sure doesn't sound like it, does it? This year, anyhow. So it, it really is, it's tough, you know. I don't and, care. And what there it, were those. Um, theories out there that he was going back on IR anyway. Right. He didn't want to sit there and soak up a paycheck, blah, blah, blah. You know, they let him keep the $16 million bonus. I, I don't think Ursay and the Colts are angry. Yeah, I think there's more to this story than him just throwing okay. his arms up saying, I'm done. Now, here's what I do wonder, and, and I'm going to give credit to, not that he needs credit for me, but this is where this thought first entered my head on Monday – after the retirement, Tony Kornheiser on his podcast and then later on PTI, his sort of takeaway on this was more big picture that, that we may look back on this at, the, at the, something like a vanguard that changed kind of the length of careers in the, in the way football players handle injury in their careers. And Monday I'm saying, ah, you old codger, yeah, everything, you know, some big deal. But then hearing what other players have said, seeing that, and then it kind of really solidified it for me, seeing that interview with Gronk, with what that was, I'm starting to buy that a little bit now, that we may eventually, not in the short term, but, but in the next 10, 15, 20 years, look back on this moment. If you think about it, now knowing, I think we probably already know, but having it brought to the forefront, not just the physical pain, but what this does to these guys mentally and emotionally. When you get these star players who, before they turn 30, have 50, 75, 100 million dollars in the bank, why are you going to go to 40? There's going to be guys that have that drive just to win, just to play. This is all I do. This is who I am. It's less about the money. It's about championships. I think people got to realize for most of these guys, this is just their job. They want to win championships because that's the goal of the job. 
but they don't live, breathe, eat, sleep, right. and die with it like a Tom Brady does. He's kind right. of that exception, right, where he's driven. Well, yeah, he's he's on his yacht on in the Aegean Sea with his model wife right. laying on deck, and he's downstairs watching film. Yeah, all he can think <laughs> about is getting back up right. and having the hoodie yell at him. Yeah. It, it's, it, he's a different kind of cat. I do think you're going to see more and more and more of this as, well, the, as the salaries get larger well, and they it. can do it. It's because they can, exactly. And it's simple as that. It's like I can remember going back and it's a many, many years ago watching um, the interview on, on one of these sports shows years ago, and it was um, Harmon Killerbrew. I think it was during the steroid era in baseball. Okay. And um, – you know, they were talking about the amount of home runs at that time being hit. And, you know, Harmon Killerbrew says, yeah, he goes, I guess that's great. He says, but he says, you have to stand back. He says, I don't, I don't want to hear how much better they are than I was. He says, because these guys have gyms in their houses. Right. They've got training programs. They've got millions of dollars. He says, you know what I did in the off season? And they said, what? He says, I went to the docks on Lake Superior <laughs> and worked on the, sh- on the loading docks yeah. so I could feed my family. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, they can. And, and more power to them. Yeah. And, and I think, like, so I agree with the timing. I think everybody clutching their pearls over the – 1,500 drunk guys booing them on the way off. That's nothing. Look, it it isn't classy. I I didn't care for it. But taking into context who that actually was, right? Gottlieb's an idiot, but there's a lot of thoughtful stuff out there, too, of the the concept of team and and what you owe the team in regards to ultimately you only owe yourself, and that's where I fall with Andrew Luck. Right. But I can get anybody who has an issue with the time. Well, I like these boobs that want a refund for their season tickets and this, that. No, you. What the other fifty-two guys mean nothing to you? All right. Well, let's make a deal then. We'll right. split it. We'll divide the price by fifty-three. No, better, <laughs> better yet. Here's a, here's the deal. All right. So we're going to base everything on a mean, median mean, whatever it is. I don't know what's the right word of an eight and eight season, right? So if you're going to lose, you plan, or actually, let's say they plan to win the division. I had them at ten and six before this news. So. Every year, we'll agree you plan to win 10 games. For every game you win under that, you get a reimbursement. For every game you win over it, up through and including the Super Bowl, you owe the team more. All right? When yeah. you buy the ticket, you're not guaranteed a win. You're not guaranteed a player. You're guaranteed admission to that building on no Sunday. There's no plan. You bought the ticket tough. If, if he went out in, in on the opening kickoff, somebody rolled over the sideline and blew his knee out, would they be asking for their? That's the thing. you know this just go away. No fraud there. So real quick, it, it feels crass in in amongst everything we talked about there. Fantasy impact. We, I kind of talked about the, the luck thing, and anybody drafting recently, it wasn't an issue. But boy, you see T. Y. Hilton plummeting. You see Mac slipping. Hilton's the one that really surprised me. The one that does concern me. I was more than other people higher on Ebron. Go back and look right. at Brissett's numbers with your boy Jack Doyle. I know. During the last injury was at 2017. I'm getting my years messed up here. Doyle might be a guy who rises. I don't think T.Y. Hilton dips a bit because I don't think he was getting all that much respect. Everybody acted like he was like the wide receiver six, and now you're taking Andrew Luck. Well, you kind of had him in that middle 
second, third tier range anyhow. I think he stays right there. He's just fine. And now he's getting at a been had at a value. I've had two drafts since this has happened. Right. I've gotten T.Y. Hilton at a steal both times, and I'm going to keep targeting him. Sure. Why not? Because, you know, we talked about this before the show. Everybody's been talking about the summer from heaven from T.Y. Hilton, just right. one of the best camps and everything he's he's had. He, he's just he's looking great, catching a lot of balls and everything. Who's throwing to him? It's Jacoby Brissett. Right, yeah, because luck not, hasn't been luck there. Luck hasn't been there. And I did hear a number today, and I don't want to – but anyway, Jacoby Brissett in 2017 till now has taken – I forget what it is – 12,000 more snaps or something like that. You know, I mean, look, this guy, he knows the offense now. He's much more comfortable. He knows his team's his, too. Right. And there's and there's no looking over his shoulder. No, he's right not now. Andrew Luck, but he's a pro quarterback, and yeah. he comported himself pretty well when thrust into that job in in 2017. Coming from New England, I mean, just coming from the right. outside. Look, they're not going to be as good. I don't necessarily think they're a playoff team, but this is a a playoff team from last year who, by all accounts, got better up until Luck left. Now that's a big downgrade. But there's, I, I don't worry about Marlon Mag. I think his ADP, where it's been, stays right there. Same with T.Y. Hilton. Really, Eric Ebron's the only one that concerns me. And maybe, you know, your late-round funches, maybe it's less valuable. But how valuable oh. was that early on? Maybe it's a good thing, you know, being down the depth. Ebron's the only been one a, I'm taking off my draft boards as a result Been running of around on Twitter, you know, should I should I drop Funchess now? Is he even keepable and everything? My God, you know, wait a couple wait. of games. Well, yeah, they they haven't I declared mean, we're going to play without a quarterback. We're just going to play <laughs> right. without Andrew Locke. Yeah, they're not putting <laughs> Devin Funchess in as quarterback yeah, or center. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get it. So, all right, well, we can move on from that. The other big news from the weekend: another stunner that happened in the middle of drafts. Lamar Miller Rick tears his ACL out for the year. Yep, and that elevates Duke Johnson. Everybody's losing their mind over Duke Johnson. Look, I think his stock has risen. Still have questions whether or not he's going to be a, a full-time back to be able to carry the load. Think, I don't think he is. I have my doubts, or he'd have had more play time earlier, I believe. Mm. I mean, it's not like in Cleveland – they had a plethora of uh, uh, Jim, Jim Brown. Yeah. Coming <laughs> it always goes there. back to Jim Brown on this <laughs> stupid show. What if he'd well, come on the show? He's well, still living, isn't he? Yeah, Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. Just, I just saw him at the Hall of Fame. There, that was a dumb question. Go yeah, on. I, I don't think uh, Jim Brown would really want to come on the asylum too much. Well, well I think he should. Well, he's busy. He's tired. It's like, this is like the official podcast home of Jim Brown <laughs> well, for whatever true. reason. Anyhow, I don't remember what we were talking about, Rick. We had uh, you, you won't get to hear it all, but there was a <laughs> yeah, we a concern in the a concern in the studio. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just say that. But all is well here at the asylum. So Duke Johnson, Rick. Here's the thing. Look, he's elevated certainly, and he's going to get more work than originally anticipated. You know, there's a couple numbers I keep seeing thrown around. You know, a 4.3 yards per carry average over his career. That's pretty good, right? But it's mainly been on passing downs. Generally easier to run there. The big one for me, he's he's never carried the ball more than 104 times in a season. We think he's going to step up and get two bills all of a sudden. I do. I, I have my doubts. I do too. I, I'm just not. I'm just not convinced that he can be that guy. And look. Draft him, but I mean, oh. I, but he's not. He's an RB three still. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I don't think you go as high as you would even with a Lamar Miller. No, quite no, frankly, because no. Lamar Miller got the the volume of work, and we talked about this. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that he was the guy in Houston. We knew that Duke Johnson was was brought in because Deontay Foreman, your boy, failed miserably. <laughs> And then tore I can't some believe muscle. you said he was going to be the breakout <laughs> yeah, back this right. year. That was terrible. I don't yeah. know what you were thinking. Honestly, that's just terrible. <laughs> but, but but here's be careful of this. There, there, there's traps. I I read this tweet. I, I guess I'm going to crush the guy a little bit, so I'm not going to put the name out. There. He's a big national guy. Here's what he says: Can't wait to see Duke Johnson dominate with a huge workload. Now, I agree he's going to get a bigger workload. And here's the numbers he puts out. You want to talk about analytics gone wild, junk science. So here, here's all the reasons Duke Johnson's going to be huge this year, according to this Jagaloon. Right now, over the last three years, he ranks second in yards per touch. Well, that's good, right? Right. But it's yards per touch. Right. Per touch. Per touch. Let me say it one more time. Per touch. Second in percentage of carries to gain 10-plus yards. All right, okay. that's nice, but again, of carries, yes. of carries. Yeah, still I'll say it again. small I'll say it again. body of work. Of carries. Fourth in yards per route. You're right. Okay. Now, well, this, is, this is going everywhere trying to find a yeah, category yes. where he's strong. Ninth in rush success rate from shotgun. Houston runs from shotgun at fourth highest rates. So, look, those numbers are all good when looking for a third down back flex spot in what Duke Johnson is. I just do not believe for one second that they're just going to long term, maybe in week one and two while they sort this thing out, but I don't believe they are going to long term have Duke Johnson being the primary back. That's not what he is. I I think he's built for it. You know, there is the, you know, the. He doesn't necessarily isn't built like a strictly third down back, but he's had a pretty, a fairly long career, and that's what he's been. And I don't think all of a sudden one day you pick him up and put him in that role. Early on, I mean, look, the guys behind him, Demaria Crockett, Josh Ferguson, and Cullen Galepsia. I'll sit back, Rick, and let you tell me everything you know about those guys. Well, I don't know a lot about that, but I was going over some of the, the stats that you were talking about. And, yeah, the most carries he's had in one year is 104. Right. And, by the way, that was 2015. And he didn't mention that in that year his highest um, attempt total, he averaged 3.6 yards a carry. Granted, Cleveland wasn't as good in 2015 right. as they are now. But you saw his workload decline – you know, as years progress, rushing-wise, and his receptions really relatively stayed the same. They went down from 15 to 16, back up to 17, and dipped dramatically last year. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can pull out of Duke Johnson saying, well, this is this and this is that, and he's going to be great. But I'm not buying it. If he can get 200 carries with Houston – I think that's going to be about his, his max. I don't think you're, he's all of a sudden he's a 250 to 280 carry no, guy. No. And let's say I can even accept that physically he can handle the workload of an RB1. 
as a number one back for the Houston Texans. I have no belief whatsoever that they're going to do that. I got real excited. Was it over the weekend, Rick, early in the week when these rumors were going around? Ajayi. Yeah. It was actually out there that it was a done deal. He had been signed, and then they kind of backtracked on it. So Ajayi. it's going to be a long year if we don't get to use that very much. And who's to say by week three or four – you know, with with the workload that he's gotten in preseason, all of a sudden, Buddy Howe isn't elevated to the RB1. And, Duke, this is where you're comfortable at, well, pal. We love it, you in that third down spot. You're fourth in attempts and blah, blah, blah. And take it from there. But here's my prediction. Based on pure and absolute nothing, <laughs> just my gut feeling, I've been paying, as you know, Rick, I've been touting on this show and off the show. I've been touting Darwin Thompson in Kansas City hard. And in the last week, Carlos Hyde, Thompson's been getting more work with the ones. Reports are Carlos Hyde working strictly with the twos. I'm starting to get the feeling Carlos Hyde is going to be cut in Kansas City. He's going to be signed in Houston, and by week two or three, he's going to be there. I'm doing the air quotes thing for everybody who can't see the lead back with yeah, Duke it's... Johnson getting plenty of work. I don't know if Carlos Hyde has much. If any. He doesn't have Lamar Miller's fantasy value, right. but he's getting carries. And to your point, we're keeping Duke around that 150, sure. 175 carry type of thing, which, again, I think he's going to be ex- successful. At. I think he's a good RB, low-end three, RB four, flex bye week injury replacement. But the way he's rocketing up draft boards and people are losing their minds like this guy on Twitter based on cherry-pick data, assuming he gets yeah. a huge workload. I don't think it happens. I honestly believe I'm going to stake my claim. I'm going to cut it out for Clipcast. Carlos Hyde is cut by Kansas City, signed by Houston, and is the air quote lead back by week two. Very, very plausible, no doubt about it. And you know what, Rick? There's so many people that are losing their minds just last week before the season started. I saw on Twitter again another reporter that I'm not going to name reporting that he expects Melvin Gordon to be ready by week one. <laughs> and how? Well, or at least there by week one. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we assume he's ready. Whatever yeah, that means. Actually, you know, then I I, I saw under the the tweet, you know, Pat Thorman, which you know, if you pay attention to Twitter and the fans thing, everybody knows who he is. Actually says, uh, what do you base? What source do you base this on? No response. Well, no, nothing. No, yeah. But he just expects him to be there. Well, you know, I expect. Andrew Luck to walk through this door and to give us a treasure chest because we didn't bash him on our show. But guess what? He ain't coming in. I doubt it. I wonder. (laughs) Wonder if he'd run the camera for us. We're trying. We're looking hard for a producer. (laughs) Andrew got you. Got nothing else going on, man. Stop by. Yeah. You you have to bring beer and be able to take an ass chew. You know what? We, We could promote him to like Major Luck. And start a new Twitter handle. I'm gonna miss that. that so, would did be you see great. the final letter pen? Yes, I did. It was wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that. I hope we keep get up keep keep getting updates of his retirement anyhow. Just right. brilliant. All right, real quick, Rick, we, we're already well into the show. We gotta get to the AFC preview here. Ron Rivera says there is no doubt in his mind that Cam Newton will be ready for week one after suffering that suffering that midfoot sprain. It's kind of a relief, right? I, I have my doubts. I, I worry. I hate when a big guy, a big mobile guy, whatever the position, starts having foot problems. 
this early in the year and read Antonio Gates. You know what? That makes me a yeah. little bit nervous, but but at least Ron says uh, Jay Gruden. This was a surprise to me. Jay Gruden expects Jordan Reed to be ready for the start of the season after suffering that concussion. What a cheap shot! You he don't want to uh, look. This is a fantasy football show, and I'm telling you right now, we'll put this on Clipcast. Do not draft Jordan Reed. The guy is an amazing talent, but you'll never see it. I mean, it's, this this concussion thing. What is that? Eight, seven, or eight? Something like that. I mean, that and that's is, confirmed. I mean, that's right. confirmed. How exactly. many don't we know about? Stay away from this guy. He may clear the protocol. How does this not happen again? And I, I've got to imagine this is going to. It sounds dumb. It's based on nothing other than the fact that it's his seventh or eighth concussion. This has got to be his last year. This guy's getting into the danger zone here because if that's what's documented, how many has he actually had? Exactly. Terrible. This guy we would be talking about with Travis Kelsey every year. If it, Just a bad luck. You know, head injuries aren't – can't blame the training staff. Even Trent Williams might, but you can't blame the training staff. You can't blame his work ethic. This is just awful luck. Just, just absolutely terrible. Patriots have activated Josh Gordon. Finally, officially makes him look like a full go for week one. You brought up Melvin Gordon. Still no movement for Ezekiel Elliott and Trent Williams. I expect it – by now to start getting some rumblings that Ezekiel Elliott was going to come. Didn't it feel like the needle was moving, even if you watched his ADPs over the weekend on draft weekend? He went from falling to mid to late second to going late first right around the turn. Everybody was starting to get the sense. The Cowboys made a fair offer. You figured there'd be a little wrangling and he'd be back. I'm I'm getting real uncomfortable again with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I am too. Look, I'm not looking for Ezekiel Elliott or Melvin Gordon anytime soon. I don't, I don't think Gordon the, plays. The Cowboys made a, an extremely generous offer. Um, look, you can make a case for him not to take it. Quite frankly, I still think he should have taken it. He's, he's got contract years left. He was only a Nats eyelash behind Todd Gurley in pay. Right. And, I mean, I think it was a good offer. This thing now, I can already see it. Jerry Jones says we're in a marathon now because he's not moving now. I mean, he's made his move. It, he threw the olive branch there. I don't expect to. I just don't. I expect this to be an extremely long holdout. And, you know, Tony Pollard owners ought to be doing yeah. river dances across her basement naked. <laughs> Okay. So send your videos in to <laughs> asylumfootball at gmail.com. But just put Rick Briggs in the subject line so I don't know. I know not to open. So that's River Dances Naked. <laughs> I want to note that here for, for later use. Yeah, here's the problem. Here's where I am nervous about Ezekiel Elliott because now this is, not, this is no longer about money. At this point, this is about two very, very alpha males' egos, right? So Jerry Jones was out there before he made this offer popping off. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about it last, and everybody's talked about it, saying stupid things. And so now Elliot's saying, all right, you're not going to punk me. You're not going to do it. And then he extends the olive branch, to use your term, makes him a fair offer. Elliot's not going to take it because you've now insulted right. him. Now he's his uh, hackles are up. Is that the right word, hackles? Yeah. Is that what they yeah, call it? Yeah. His hackles are up. He's puffing his chest out. Now Jerry's saying, because 
begrudgingly anyhow made that fair offer and you're going to rebuff me and we're not even going to discuss this the hell with you that's a bad situation oh, yeah. two no alpha doubt. men you know what i mean this one could get long and it's all pride it's all ego and that's right. that's harder to overcome than a contract dispute oh yeah and, and in that you know in the parody situation there if Zeke walked up and bumped Jerry. Jerry's not taking a flop like that other schlep. He's standing right there, <laughs> yeah. man. I made my offer, pal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's uh, that's where we're, we're we're where we're at at this point. Right. Melvin Gordon. I don't expect him to play. Trent Williams is a big deal. I don't expect him to show up anytime soon. That's bad news for what little fantasy yeah. value you could find in Washington. That's but I'll tell real you what, bad news. Getting back to Austin Eckler, we talked about him three or four weeks ago. Look, he was a a productive back, you know, nice flex spot, you know, last couple of years. Hey, he's a must start. If Jordan, if Gordon's not there, oh, he's a must absolutely. start. And anybody that's drafted him probably got him at a reasonable price. And man, hats off to you. Get him in your lineup. Absolutely. So, all right, Rick, let's get into it now. We did the NFC last week, I believe. Who did I have in the Super? I had the New Orleans. New Orleans. Were we both in in New Orleans? Or did no, you I had, had Chicago. You had, oh, that's right. Your big upset. So let's go to the AFC. You're scrambling around. What are you looking? I'm just for? getting something to write with. You. Oh, I'm fine. All right. Well, I'll get us started in the meantime while you scramble around and try to find yourself a pencil and a pencil sharpener and everything else you need that goes along with that. Let's go. Let's start at our home division, Rick. Let's start. I'll let you begin in the AFC North. Yeah. Okay. Well, Paper we'll shot. wait on we'll wait on Rick and see. Yeah, you know, I ain't even sat down. I'll let you go first. I thought you, you were on. Okay. <laughs> the AFC ready. North. Look, I tell you what. Everybody's hyping up Cleveland, Rick, and I and I think they're going to be a very good team. Don't get me wrong. But after watching camp, you know, mini camp, training camp, the preseason, I tell you what, that Pittsburgh defense. Is starting to really come together. The whole mood in Pittsburgh, and if you're not from around here, you really can't appreciate it. Right. Um, but, you know, th- this team is going to prove that they're a better football team without A.B. And I don't care what anybody says. He's one of the top three in the league. But he was turning into a cancer in that, in that team. And, um, look, there's a lot more eyes on a lot more different people right. in Pittsburgh than there were just a year ago. We watched A.B. and Le'Veon Bell last year, and that's basically it. Right. Yeah. I don't expect the defense to be blowing leads like they did last no. year. Steven Nelson helps. Um, Devin Bush, man, Devin he looks Bush like the real Bush just deal. looks magnificent. They finally had that Shazier piece back that's been the missing yep. piece for the last year and a half. Exactly. That's what it is. There's speed on this defense right. again, and that's the key. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it. They're, it's going to be a good defense. And I got Pittsburgh taking the division. I have them 11-5. and five. Yeah, I, I have the exact same thing. You know, there's two things. You know, losing A B. The the kind of the national narrative with Pittsburgh has been, you're not going to be as good when you lose two stars the caliber of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Not now you're right with that. But here's the thing: Le'Veon Bell wasn't here last year, right? And he wasn't here for half the year before. So I don't know how much of a loss that is. And you saw James Conner 
but maybe not as dynamic, but step in and take that role. And he's a different type of back, but but just as productive. Right. And maybe better in other ways than Le'Veon Bell. So that's not a loss. He wasn't there last year, and that game was a you know one Baker Mayfield completion away from going to the playoffs with, with getting the win on the last Sunday right. and the Browns falling short. You lose Antonio Brown. It's here's what sticks with me with that. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback, a no doubter, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, who came out in camp and said, "I have found the joy in this game again." He's healthy. Yeah, his mind's right. Look, he's a diva. He's a douche. He's everything everybody says he is, but he's healthy. And his mind's right, and he feels like this weight's been lifted off his shoulders. He said as much. That's all I need to hear. You got an improved defense. Still one of the best offensive lines in right. football. That has some depth. And a Hall of Fame quarterback still at the peak of his powers and feeling good about himself. Right. The, this team, I have them 11-5. and five. I have them winning the division. Now, I have Baltimore secondary. I, I don't know if you, you came in the same way. I got Baltimore at 10-6. and six. I think his team's being understood. Look, Lamar Jackson isn't a good pass thrower. But for a good portion of this season with his ability to run, with whatever he can accomplish in the passing game, bringing Mark Ingram in. This Baltimore team, I think, is getting undersold. They always hang around. They always play the division tough. They always play, you know, look at the teams on their schedule. They always play New England tough. I don't discount the Baltimore Ravens. I have them at 10 and 6, and this thing coming right down to the bitter end between them and the Steelers one more time. See, number two, I've got Cleveland. I've got Cleveland at 9 and 7. Um, they have a ton of weapons, and their defense is still pretty good. And really, the only problem I have with them is they really haven't been together that long. This is this is a team that has been eating dirt for years. They really haven't experienced success. Right. And this is going to be the first year that they have that. And I still think there's going to be some bumps in the road um, for them to like get to the division and challenge for the Super Bowl like so many people have. I, I'm... I like Cleveland to to be second here. I have them at seven or nine and seven. I have Baltimore at nine and or seven and nine. Excuse me. I keep going dyslexic here. Um, look, Jackson's a great athlete, and but I'm not convinced that he can stand back in a pocket and pass thirty times a game and be productive. Everything I've seen in him, there's. Look, we've seen we've seen a lot of these mobile quarterbacks. If they can't stand there and just gun it and, and have a laser and target these guys, they find their Achilles heels sooner or later. These defenses catch them. And I just don't think that in shootouts they're going to be able to keep up. You're going to be shooting out with Pittsburgh. You're probably going to be shooting out with Cleveland. And unless they jump ahead and control can control every game with the run and the defense, I just think they're going to have a rough time this year. I got them at 7-9. and nine. Yeah, I, I think I, I talked about Baltimore, Cleveland. I have it eight and eight, so I don't think we're we're that far off there. A lot of it comes down to sort of what you said, right? It it's a long, long tradition of losing, and it's all new pieces, and I understand that. But it it takes a little while, and I don't just think bringing in Odell Beckham changes all that, right. which is really when the fervor really began, right? Look, I, I wouldn't be stunned if this team went nine and seven finished a game ahead of Baltimore in your right. I, I think we're in the same realm there. What I don't think is they take that big leap, right? And I don't know how many people really seriously think Cleveland's going to go out and win a Super Bowl. 
But make Baker Mayfield, everybody's got a year worth of tape on him. Look, I, I think he's the real deal, but I think you're going to see some struggles that maybe you didn't see necessarily last year. Odell Beckham's a head case, right? You know, I'm not necessarily sold on that offensive line yet. Yeah, I think Chubb's fine. I think they're a good, solid football team. That defense may be on the verge of being great. That might be the the what swings this one direction or the other. I just think to overcome that culture of losing, so many of the guys that are big players in this team taking that huge step are so young. I think I think they're a year away. I think they can hold it together. I could also see. Rick, there is so much hype. There is so much hope. There is so much excitement. If they stumble out the block a little bit, I could see this thing getting away from them. Or if they hit a two- or three-game stretch in the middle of the year, you could still see, I think, the franchise. And it has nothing to do with the players that are in that locker room, but it just always seems to work out that way, Rick. That franchise is so fragile, I I just have a feeling it gets out from underneath them at some point. And then how much do we want to talk about Cincinnati? Joe Mixon, good. Tyler Wood, Tyler Wood, Tyler Boyd, good. If he gets back and he's fully healthy, AJ Green, good. They stink. Four and twelve. Anything else to say? <laughs> yeah, I got them five and eleven. The defense is not good. That great. I mean, it's not the worst in the league, but it's certainly not a strong point any longer. The O line is extremely shaky. Look, Joe Mixon looks great, no doubt about it. But Green's gimpy, so now it's all. Tyler Boyd, we don't know if Eifert will be around. Yeah. I hope he is. I, I don't know why. I, I root so. for that kid, and I don't even know why. Yeah, I, mean, I do you go too. to Notre Dame, I hate Notre Dame. I don't know. There's something about him. I root for that kid. But I think Cincinnati is just going to have a rough time, and I have him at 5-11 and in, in the cellar. All right, let's head down to the dirty south, Rick, where I have uh, – I'd had this prep done before ahead of last week's show, so I had to make some revisions here. Yeah, I did too. I had uh, – I basically had Indianapolis taking the division pretty easily. Not so easy now. I still have them winning the division. I oh, think wow. they're I think okay. they're a good enough team. That's I have bold. Them, I have them at ten and six. Ten wins with Jacoby uh, Brissett. Yeah, I mean that's this, gutsy. This I is like two it. years later. Uh, Jacoby Brissett knows this team. He knows this offense. And like I, I mentioned a little earlier, he's now the leader. And a lot's going to be on Jacoby Brissett. Don't get me wrong, but I think. I think he's going to be fine. He has he has plenty of weapons. You know, T.Y. Hilton, a lot of people are giving up on Hilton. A lot of people are giving up on Mack. Um, the defense is very good. The offensive line is very good. The division isn't the strongest in football. I think they've got enough tools still there to take the division. I have them at 10-6. Yeah, I had them at ten and six under Andrew Luck, so I had to basically give them a. And I'm kind of with you. I don't think they take a massive step backwards, right? Hundred percent. So I dropped them to eight and eight, finishing second in that division, missing the playoffs. And so obviously I elevate Houston, who I had at eight and eight to ten and six. And I think those two wins probably come against Indianapolis, or I don't know what my <laughs> math was there. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, sticking with Indy again, it's going to be a step back, and I think. What I do expect more than anything, I think they could get it together and have a nice run later on in the season. I just got a feeling this this is going to be a hangover over that franchise and over that locker room, just the, the timing of it as we talked about earlier. So I, no need to go into any more into Indy. We talked about them a lot today. So jump, jump into Houston. Yeah, this is a team. Yeah, here we go. They'll win the division at eight and eight or nine and seven, and they'll go in and they'll score. 
three points in the wild card round. I don't know that that happens again. You know, I, I don't like the clowny situation. That that worries me. I'm not sure that losing Lamar Miller is that big of a loss. I think they bring somebody else in for all kind of the defensive stance I took against them, you know, earlier in the show. I think Duke Johnson makes that a better offense. DeAndre Hopkins still there. If Will Fuller can stay healthy, Deshaun Watson another year better. They've got an offense I think you can trust. And then – I'm sorry, as long as you got J.J. Watt, and if he can stay on the field, and that's the big if. That's the difference maker, oh, yeah. right? That team can still play defense. I don't think they blow anybody away, but I think they're a nice, solid – you pick up one more win against Indy with uh, with Andrew Luck gone. Nice, solid 10-6 and six team, and they, and they win that division. I've got uh, Houston at 8-8, eight and eight, and I have them in third place. Um, I think the loss of Lamar Miller is is a little bigger than what people really want to get, it, just like fantasy and everything else. I think – it's bigger than what people ever want to give Lamar credit for, quite frankly. He's a complete back. Houston loved him. Um, he was their guy. I agree they'll probably go out and get a Carlos Hyde, something like that. But, look, there's a reason Carlos Hyde was bouncing around like a rubber ball. I right. I mean, I'm I, still I'm pressing sorry. for it, Rick. I'm yeah, subliminally, I, I want it. I want it done. Because yeah. this is my favorite drop <laughs> on the board. And is. if he doesn't play this year, we're really going to be stretching to get it in there. We will, but we're right. really going to be stretching. But, I mean, I had them at 9-7. and seven. I adjusted them a game down with Lamar Miller going out. I'm still not convinced Duke can be the guy. And – the whole problem is with that until they sign somebody else, it's a Duke Johnson show or Buddy Howe. And I just, I'm a little questioning that a little bit. Look, I love Deshaun Watson. We know what Hopkins is. Fuller's got to stay healthy. That defense is going to have to come up big, I think, this year for them to be any better than that. Second, I've got Jacksonville. I did, if you saw my piece Jackson, on uh, – Jacksonville, that's where yeah. we have a, our first big disagreement. Oh, that's fine. Um, I wrote a, a preview for Pro Football Guru. You can check it out, profootballguru.com, Russ Baxter and them. Um, look, Nick Foles is – you can bash him all you want. But you know what? Jacksonville has what 25% of the NFL has on their team now. And that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's true. That's true. Not only did he win a Super Bowl for Philadelphia two years ago, he basically saved her bacon again last year, took him a pretty nice deep run into the playoffs, right? Right. The guy's cool under pressure. Um, I look for a breakout year from D.D. Westbrook. The defense was still fifth overall last year um, in the entire league. I know my linchpin is Leonard Fournette. He has to stay healthy. I'm rolling that dice that he's one of these kind of guys that, you know, maybe gets dinged up. And I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. There was a player, uh, Frank Gore had that knock on him early in his career. Right. Injury. You know, if Fournette can get on track and play a full season, man, I think this team is a, is a freight train with that defense and just the elevated passing attack. Um, with Foles. I know he hasn't looked good that all that good in preseason. They may be a little slow starting, but nine and seven is not that huge of an expectation. They were what, eleven and five or whatever it was two years ago. Maybe and went what to play away from the Super Bowl. Maybe they weren't quite that good then, but they weren't five and eleven bad last year. I mean, they're still a pretty good core in there. So I look at them at nine and seven, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. I do. 
I have them at five and eleven. <laughs> All right, and and you heard it here. There's a clip cast right there. <laughs> Fliegers a boob. I'm right. <laughs> Here's the thing for for me. Love Nick Foles. What he did in Philadelphia. As you as I look, obviously because you don't look at it the same way as I look at the scope and breadth of his career. The success he's had, and it has been great success, has been on one team and coming in off the bench later on. Any opportunity, few as they may be, he had as the starter going into a season, my squad, not named the Philadelphia Eagles, he hasn't just struggled. He's been wretched. He has been wretched. So Yeah, and we will look at a Jeff Fisher Ram team. Okay, then that's that's reasonable. <laughs> it, all right. I but, mean I, I it's But hard. he didn't exactly walk into the greatest show on turf down here in Jacksonville. No, he hasn't he hasn't done that, but I think my point is is with as little as Bortles did with the weapons he had at his disposal, I think what Foles can do with what he had look, I think Dee Westbrook is a very good wide receiver. Um, and if they if the running game's there with with Fournette, man, I, I, I there's just so much. You're talking four game difference from last year, and, and I think that's more than reasonable with that defense that they have. I think you know you talk about Fournette. I don't trust him to stay healthy, but let's even it's, put it's that a big aside. if. I'll, I'll admit he's a head case. You know, he's been sat down just for be general jackassery. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's. It's uh, I, I don't trust him. I don't have a good feeling about him. D.D. Westbrook, I'm kind of in a – if he was on any other squad, I might be excited about him. I'm in the show-me type of thing, right? Look, that defense personnel-wise is great. This is just a franchise that absolutely can't get out of its way. They come off that great season. They come off uh, being just a whisper away from beating the New England Patriots in New England to go to the Super Bowl, and they immediately remembered they were the Jacksonville Jaguars and did what they did last year. I don't know that Nick Foles is the guy to walk in and say, all right, I've been there, I've done that, I'm going to lift you back up to where that is. From a personnel standpoint, especially defensively, this is a playoff caliber team. I just They can't get out of their own way. I don't trust Leonard Fournette, and I don't trust Nick Foles in the role he is in now. I, I could be I'll, dead wrong. I'll, I hope I am. Look, all, all points are valid. I mean, you talk about any team that he hasn't been with other than the Eagles, but you look at, you look at him with the Eagles, um, and I don't want to go through years of stats, but um, he had... Uh, in 2013 was that, that wondrous year. He had 27 touchdowns opposed to two interceptions, 119.2 quarterback rating. He only had two other seasons away from the Eagles, one with the Rams, which is a Jeff Fisher-run team. And, look, I, I'll throw that one out the window, and he played with the Chiefs. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions, 410 yards passing, 106 quarterback rating. Granted, he wasn't the starter right. and so forth. But he's always, he's, he's always performed. I'll, I'll throw that Rams out, and I'll even throw the 27-2 the and two season out if, if we're doing best and worst. But he's, he's um, a 62% completion passer. I mean, he's no you know, these 70% ratings. He was 72.3 last year. But I think as a starter year, he's probably going to be around 65, somewhere around there. I think that's plenty. I mean, I, I agree. It's going to be a big if with Fournette, but I'm I'm higher on Jacksonville than most people. But this is the year he finally puts it together. It isn't. He sucks. 
<laughs> All right, enough said. And Tennessee, how much time do we want to waste there? Quarterback pressure. I think they're going to surprise some teams. They're going to be pretty good defensively. Quit telling me about Taiwan Taylor and Tajay Sharp, and now it's Corey Davis. There's one of these I'm getting beat over the head with every year. Marcus Mariota ain't that dude. You bring in Tannehill, there's going to be a, some hint of controversy at the quarterback position for two quarterbacks that aren't good enough to be having a controversy. This would be the team if someone could surprise you in the NFL. I get the feeling it could be Tennessee, but I also get the feeling it's not going to be. And I have them 5-11 and 11 sharing, the sw- sharing the sweller or the seller for our English-speaking friends. Yeah, I have them Yeah, I have them at 5-11. Maybe they're being judged a little too harshly, but um, look, they're, Marcus Mariota, I mean, I'm looking – we're looking at that. I'm, I'm taking Jacoby Brissett, who is like the second-string quarterback in Indianapolis. Still think he's a better quarterback. Absolutely. I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback. I'll take Foles over Mariota. Yeah. And I certainly think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback yeah. than any of them. So, I, yeah, Tennessee is is lacking on offense, no doubt about it. Like you said, they play a pretty good brand of defense. But you need a little more defense in this division right. loaded with defense. Yeah. All right, we got we got to pick up the pace here a little bit. Got to go to the east. Let's go east then. You go ahead. You start All off. All right. Yeah. I, I'm sure you've got an upset. Miami probably taking the whole thing again. I wish I had the guts. One of these years, <laughs> it's New England, right? Yeah. Here's the problem. Here's my problem with New England. You're starting to see some chinks in that armor early, right? Haven't we seen this script before? You have the center now dealing with that blood clot. He's going to be out. You, you got a little strife. You got a little trouble up there. Thing Gronk's gone. You just don't feel like right. What Watson suspect? You don't feel like they're as talented. Chung's getting selling blow or whatever he's doing. <laughs> I know we didn't even do that story. It doesn't matter. So you see some chinks in that armor, and every time that happens, they go twelve and four, win the division, and win the dumb Super Bowl, so I think it's business as usual. I, I thought a lot about getting up on my soapbox and saying this is the year it all comes undone for Tom Brady because for everybody, one year it's just it's not a gradual decline. You just fall off the table, and I'm going to be the guy so I can put a clip out there later if I'm right that this is a demise of Tom Brady, but I don't believe it. This guy is the exception, 100%. I agree, and and look, this team is the exception. You remember the year uh, Brady went down with a blown knee. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were eleven they were and five. Eleven and five and missed the playoffs. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in this division, I, I have them at twelve and four. Not quite as generous as I wanted to be, only because I think the Jets are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I have the Jets in second. I know a lot of people are picking Buffalo to get to the playoffs this year. I just don't see it. I've I've got New New York in second place because. Look, I like Sam Darnold. I like Robbie Anderson. I like Le'Veon Bell being there. I think this is a much more dynamic offense than what Buffalo has. I not only have the Jets in second, I have them at ten and six wow. in second. See, place. I have a nine and seven, but you know, I I, I don't see them in much better than that. Um but nine and seven comparatively is not a bad year no, no, for what for, they've been having. Not from where they've been. They brought right. a lot of talent in there. Sam Darnold. I, I felt like his progression was more. We, we talked about this. This is so dumb. But you know, I hate when I see a quarterback take that meteoric rise. I get more nervous about that guy the next year than Sam Darnold, who we saw incremental improvement as the year went on. 
all word all word out of camp is it's it's continued into this year. You bring in Le'Veon Bell. Look, when he's happy and he's healthy, as much of a clown as he th- I think he is as a Steeler fan, he's happy. He's healthy. He's a difference maker. Let's not pretend like he's not. You know, we downplayed in Pittsburgh because of what James Conner's been able to do. You've got Robbie Anderson. You've got some weapons there. The defense. They've got a nice talent of high draft. A nice mix a high draft pick talent plus brought in some veterans on both sides of the ball I just think this team is ready to take that step forward as always it hinges on the quarterback so I'm banking on Sam Darnold kind of taking that step and we're starting to see it swing right you know might be two or three years away yet but when Tom Brady's gone this becomes the Jets division I think pretty clearly Buffalo I have them in third but I don't know what is there to talk about in Buffalo nothing Josh Allen I'm excited about Josh Allen. But, I mean, a lot of his production was with his legs last year, and you know how I am with running quarterbacks after a while. I'm just not that high. I I don't want to depend on running quarterbacks. I mean, they're a nice piece to have. Look, you know, we know Aaron Rodgers can run when he has to, and we know Deshaun Watson, what he can do. But you don't want them doing that all the time, and and I don't think Buffalo wants to either. And, look, I – Hats off to McDermott with what he did last year with that team. They're probably going to be better. I have them seven and nine, um, because why not? They're going to beat Miami twice, right? And they may edge one in on the Jets. So I mean, there's, you know, I I don't see why they couldn't be. A lot of people will probably destroy us for that because I, I've actually seen some of these. Uh, experts on these big sides have ten and six so, in, in the playoffs. No, I've got them I, at six and ten. I, I mean, guess, I think yeah. I think they they they're more aesthetically pleasing when you watch them, but I still don't think the results are going to right. be there. And and then Miami, they're tanking for two. <laughs> you know, two and fourteens where I got them. I'm I am at three and thirteen. No real chance at all. So I mean, let's just get away from that. Now comes the West, young yes, man. Go West, young man. This is what I'm excited about. I got a tie at the top. With the tiebreaker, so do I. With the tiebreaker going to your Los Angeles Chargers, Rick. Look, that's amazing. I did too. Mar- Melvin Gordon. I don't even think the team notices an impact. I, I may, I could end up with egg on my face because I've been yelling this the entire month of August. I think with Eckler, I think with Jackson, I think with what they do offensively in Phil Rivers, with the weapons they have on the outside, I don't think they feel the impact of Melvin Gordon one bit. I did, and I think that's why he doesn't show up. You know, for anybody wanting to argue, he's going to show up. And if he shows up mid-season, if he shows up in week you eight, got, or, you know how this is going to play out, right? Austin Eckler's going to have a James Conner-like year, and Melvin Gordon's going to be with Buffalo or somebody like that next year. Good chance of that. You know, and just think about best-case scenario, Eckler, whoa, Eckler does what we expect him to do. Gordon doesn't like her. Gordon sees the writing on the wall. He shows up. When is it they have to show up? Week eight or nine on a holdout. So now you've got a completely rested and healthy Melvin Gordon showing up. Right. That, that's, that might be actually be worst case. You know, worst case scenario, he doesn't show up, and I think they're fine. Look, defensively, the, the Derwin James injury does hurt. I, I don't necessarily like that. But I think with that high-powered offense, with what they can do defensively, you know, even outside of James, I think they're fine. And I got them tied with Kansas City. You know, I think 12 and 4 is, again, a good number for Kansas City. I do wonder. I don't have much fear of Mahomes. There's going to be some regression after a year oh, like I that. I think there so. You're not going to have – I can't imagine 50 touchdowns and whatever yeah. else he did. That's, just, that's a magical year. Yeah. But is he going to be – is he going to drop down to 
28? No. 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 So I I think they keep getting it done. They should be a little bit better defensively. They certainly made efforts to 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 address that. You know, I think, I don't think they they take the, well, 12 and 4 is a really, really good season. I don't think it's, maybe it's just because it's not going to be a surprise this year, but but I I have them right there and all the usual suspects doing what you expect the usual suspects to do. I I agree 100%. I have them the same way. It's amazing. But I'll tell you what, week one, that's a litmus test right off the bat because that's who they play. You know, the Chargers in Kansas City in week one, that's going to be must-see TV, mister. I, I have Denver in third. I am at seven and nine. Look, Flacco. <laughs> we are in lockstep on this division. Flacco is not going to save the team. Elway's still searching for that next franchise quarterback. You know they got a good running back tandem and, and a nice defense. It's gonna they're going to be a tough test. Yeah, week in and week out. Yeah, they're a tough out, but yeah, right. seven and nine. Ultimately, there's too much talent in that division. Too much talent in the right. AFC. I think ultimately, I agree. And we have Oakland in the last. I, I got you know. Look, AB is going to have that place, uh, you know, in shambles by week three in turmoil. <laughs> I think. I think Josh Jacobs shows promise, but you know, it, it's it's just a bad team. And I, I'm not. Look, I was high on on Carr two years ago. I'm not so much now. Um, I, I just I'm just not buying into Oakland. The defense no. is bad. No, I have them at six and ten. And actually, what I expect Oakland to do is start out pretty well. Yeah. I have them at four and twelve. Wow. Okay. So, but I expect you know we'll get the helmet issue resolved. We'll kind of have a happy, healthy Antonio Brown, little bit of mojo going coming out of hard knocks, and everybody kind of pulling for him. But when this thing starts to turn, when you look at the egos on this squad, the history of this squad, it's going to get out from underneath them quick. And I could see, you know. Uh, three and one four and two type of start and then just a complete bottoming out as the year goes on and getting progressively worse as it goes so all right rick let's get out to the playoffs here your afc playoffs yes indeed and i have the bye teams would be uh the new england patriots and the los angeles chargers as do i um i have pittsburgh defeating um Wild card Jacksonville Jaguars they get a little playoff revenge and i have kansas city defeating indianapolis colts all right, so we're pretty close there, except for the Jaguar thing, obviously. I got the Patriots and Chargers getting a bye. Got the three-seed Steelers knocking out their division rival Baltimore Ravens, and I have the Kansas City Chief, Chiefs, uh, plural, outing, out, <laughs> knocking out. I don't know why I can't I say know, that Beating word. somebody, yeah. Beating Houston, giving me uh, – Patriots, Chiefs, and Chargers, Steelers in the divisional round. I mean, I had no idea how to match them up, really, so I put uh, Pittsburgh getting revenge against New England. Oh, Tom Brady. And I have the Chargers defeating the Chiefs. To go to the AFC Championship, I have Pittsburgh defeating the Chargers for a Chicago Bear-Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl. A little homer, a little home cooking there. I like it. I have Rick the Patriots knocking off the Chiefs. It's, It's a... January rite of passage, the Patriots <laughs> hosting the AFC Championship game. I got the Chargers coming into Heinz Field, knocking out the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they do in Heinz Field. That's right, and I have the long national nightmare is over. I have the Los Angeles Chargers going into Foxborough, sending Tom Brady packing and into retirement <laughs> in the Los Angeles Chargers, heading on to the Super Bowl to take on the New Orleans Saints. There you go. So Who's that's your Super Bowl pick? 
I got to go to Steelers. You got the Steelers. Got to oh, go I, to Steelers. I love it. I love your enthusiasm. Got to go to Steelers. I love this team this year. Chargers, Saints. I got the Los Angeles Chargers. I have got Philip Rivers <laughs> before he walks out. Paving his that, way to the Hall of that's Fame. That's right. Getting that elusive Super Bowl. I like it. Look, I, I'm not going to be the guy that things are fixed or everything, but stories kind of find a way of working themselves out sometimes in the NFL. You have L.A. about to get the fancy new stadium next year. You have Phil Rivers at the end of his career. You look at he's every bit as good numbers-wise and as a quarterback as Eli and Ben in that class. I cannot see him retiring without a Super Bowl. I think this is the last best chance. I don't know if I think the Chargers are going to win or I hope they win, except for when I'm cheering for the Steelers against them in the divisional round. But I I think or I hope, one or the other, that this is the year. But I'm going all in on Phil Rivers this year. He is a bad man. He is a bad man. There's no doubt about that. I like it. I mean, that's good. And um, so we'll have to look back at that in about five months or so and and see how close we came. Well, no, because New England's going to win the damn (laughs) Super Bowl. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. All right, anything else? Oh, my, yes. We've got all kinds of things. All kinds of things. (laughs) Rick, I'm exhausted. Um, Well, we'll have a little uh, during the show here. We got uh, an email. We're... Actually, going to be re-upping with all sports markets, so we'll be uh, oh, nice. starting the to run ads for our sponsor Check again. That out. Check that yeah. out. The, and, uh, yeah, it's the world's first sports stock market, and I tell you what, if you like fantasy, this is fun stuff, and it, and it's a lot less gut wrenching. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's fun. So check it out, and we'll we'll give you more information on that later. Okay, Rick, I'm going to. Give you some, um, I don't know what they would be called, like fad terms or whatever. Oh, all right. Um, okay, for an example, nerd. Okay, we all know what nerd is, right. okay? Yeah. When was that first coined, at when? least officially? Ugh. Yes. Boy, I, I would have no idea. Take a wild shot. My I mean, first notice of it was the revenge of the nerds movies okay so i mean what what would your guess be where it came from no when it was first coined i mean yes Uh, i'll say the 1970s 1951 i like it 1951 um duh that's an 80s that's from the 80s 1943 damn it damn it damn it damn it (laughs) yeah Hippie. Well, that's the 60s. 1953. That's close. I get that one. Fave. Fave. Oh, like short for favorite. Yeah, that's my fave. That's some 90s nonsense there. That's my stupid generation. 1938. No. Yes, sir. Really? Yeah. Um... Bingo, like, you know... Oh, that's an old one. That's got to be from the 20s. 36. Baloney. Like, oh, that's a bunch of baloney, bunch of hooey. That sounds like kind of the 20s, 30s. I can hear you. That's a baloney, pal. You know, that was a terrible Very good, 1928. Yeah, buddy. Okay, one of our favorites. Yeah, and everybody's favorite still. You know, cool. Cool. 
That feels that feels like a fifties term to me. You're absolutely right. Now this this one's very interesting. I actually jotted down a thing on nineteen fifty five. And it was coined by Mad Magazine. Ah, uh, okay. Discussing who? Nineteen fifty Elvis. James Dean, man. James Dean, all right. And yeah. sadly, he died that year. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Our <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you think cool. And you still think, yeah, James yeah. Dean. I mean, you see them pictures, it's like, that dude's cool. Yeah, he's, like, still cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt. Yeah, I was 40 years dead, 50 years dead, and still cool. 50, 60 yeah, years uh, dead. 64. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm not so good at the math. <laughs> no. And let's see here. That's about it. Oh, no. Jet Set. Jet Set. Yeah, when did commercial aviation? Ah, the Jet Set. The uh, Gossam Column Standby was first used in... 1944. Nah, a little early. They didn't yeah. have jets quite yet. 1949. Oh, you got to give me that one. That's I'll give it Closest to you. without going over. I'll give it to you. There, there you finally. go. All right, can we go home now? I suppose. But I hey, we... Certainly appreciate it. We got a lot of things. Get your questions into... Next week we're doing a preview show, Rick. Yeah, exactly. Next week's show will be previewing week one of the yep. NFL season. And we're going to have to start our running total of straight-up picks. We're going against the line. Um, get your questions in. All your lineup questions. Look, there's injuries out there. There's a lot of people have two different quarterbacks, two different tight ends, whatever questions. the case may Especially be. Especially some 10-team leagues. I'll, I'll exactly, some, I'll yeah. Asylumfootball at gmail.com or at asylumfootball on Twitter. Yeah, so, so here's sort of the schedule of events. Next week, one show is always Wednesday night posted, sometimes Wednesday night. Yeah, it's always up Wednesday night, if not early, early Thursday morning, i.e. after midnight. We're going to do our normal headlines, and then we're going to preview the week. Then starting the following week, you're going to get your Wednesday show. It's going to be the fun frivolity, the recap of the week before. We'll do the uh, – for, for you old-timers that have been with us for a while, we're going to stick with – Oh, I oh, yeah, turned too, it down. I turned it down so I didn't blow anybody's ears out with the closed music. Game ball, stinky socks, and then on Friday, for your listening pleasure, there will be a weekly preview. We'll pick games like Rick Mailbag, said, straight up baby. against the spread, answer your questions, start sits, and probably a bunch of nonsense that goes along with that as yeah. well. So, so check. F- fill that mailbag up. We'll get to as many on the show as we can, but we'll get to them yeah. all. and We uh, answer them all and do as many as we can on the show. So that's what's coming up. Enjoy those last few drafts. Crush them. Get them ready. Get those questions in. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. At AsylumFootball on Twitter. Check out everybody over at Fulltime Fantasy. FulltimeFantasy.com. At Fulltime Fantasy on the tweeters. Till next week, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>